What up, Joshua Johnson? What up, Baylor Mullins? Oh, we are. We just left Hannah and Daniel Locke's wedding. That thing was freaking crazy. I we were thinking about uh, doing the podcast on the way there, but honestly, part of me didn't want to mess up my hair. So I was like, uh, you know, and we're just like, okay, we need to, first things first, we need to get there, right? Yeah, we have a tendency to, to, to be late. To yeah, places. we need to get there. We need to get there on time. It's important, you know, it's yeah. uh, for, for those that are listening right now, um, Daniel is the youth pastor of our church, and he's also the person that disciples me. And then Hannah's been a, a good friend of all of ours for a long time and she's in the the same uh graduating class as we are and it's just been really amazing to see them um come together in such a glorious way i mean what did you think of the 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 wedding oh, i thought it was incredible it's actually the first christian wedding i've ever seen i've never really seen um christ lifted high in a place where two people are being joined together mm. you know usually it's about those two people or it's about the bride, and then that's the only thing you focus on the entire time. But yeah, like, we did worship. Yeah, we like, literally that was amazing. Like two worship songs in the very beginning. That was crazy. That was. So what? What do you think your favorite part of the whole thing was? Um. By the way, guys, we are on the road right now, so if we get a little distracted at times, bear with us. Um, we're driving down the highway. <laughs> that's true. Just trying not to wreck and podcast at the yeah. same time. Um, I probably the most impactful part was I like the worship at the very beginning before we even started. Okay. Which was nice. I think when dancing was fun too, we were turning up in there. That was fun. The jerk came on. I was like, okay, back back to my middle school, you know, (laughs) this is my moment. (laughs) This This is is, the time. This is the time I break out the dance moves. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Um, so let's kind of go through the night a little bit because I think it's worth to kind of talk about what really happened today and like what the significance of it was because for one, two amazing God honoring people came together to become one person today. And, you know, it's more than just two people, you know, signing some documents and, you know, becoming married. It, it yep. is a spiritual, um, covenant that is created between two people that actually creates a one flesh like and it's it's amazing because one of the things chris pletcher um our family's pastor that actually officiated the the wedding was talking about is there's going to be a certain point where parts of you are going to have to be let go for other parts to be able to step in um during the marriage and it's like it's it's kind of hard to see those things right now but as you grow together it's like oh i can yeah. i can get rid of some of these negative attributes of myself and we can grow into to something so much more uh glorious yeah i think the picture he gave um about that was super cool like the iron sharpened iron because you hear that in the bible and you're like mm. okay cool it's sharpening right but he said no it is actually it's not like a little task like you're making a clay pot like it's not this simple two sharp things yeah it's (laughs) like two hard sharp things that you're just gonna clash together and knock Mm. apart and knock apart and and it's not gonna always be easy and if it were easy it wouldn't be worth it so it's just like knocking this off knocking this off and knocking this off and then you're saying that 
the parts that die are the parts you want to die mm. because it's going to make you more in love and it's going to make your marriage even better. Yeah. What did you think of like all the stories people were telling whenever they got glimpses of what could be between Daniel and Hannah, how they just had this knowing and sense that it was right? Yeah. I just, I think it's like when you hear those stories, you just think kind of to yourself, like, I want people to think of that, you know, mm. like I want people to see me and know that like I am righteous. Like I live my life uh, as a righteous person, as a person who sees and knows and follows God with all that he has and that, that the person will come. And I'm not like looking for that person, you know, mm. not looking for my wife, but I'm looking at Jesus and having faith that he's going to bring her one day, mm. you know? And mm. I feel like that was like the root of all their stories was they were looking at Jesus the entire time. Mm. And they never looked away. Mm. And that's that's a huge testimony to them is they never looked away. And now look where they are. They're married. Yeah, I was talking to a couple of Daniel's roommates. And he was saying this is something that Daniel prayed for for a long time. That is something that he longed for but just was like just went into the quiet place and just gave it all to God. And he wasn't trying to physically create these scenarios himself but he was like god i this is something i truly desire you know i am doing this youth ministry thing and i'm you know he, he's i think he's like 26 or 27 yeah. and so it's around that time where you're like okay it's been a while god let you know like like i really this is something i truly desire and just giving it to him and saying god i, I will let you um set this up but i'm going to make my desire clear to you because i don't think you know looking around and, and and trying to find your significant other is one thing but you know not praying about it is another thing and yeah, so i think you can desire it but take that desire and apply it to your prayer yeah. instead of your activity and searching and, and creating all this anxiety in your life, going on a million dating apps, swiping left and right, hoping that, you know, out of the millions of people on this earth, you're going to find one by swiping left and right. Like that just sounds kind of ridiculous to me. And I came to yeah. the point where I'm like, okay, there, I feel like I'm such a unique type of person that needs a very unique spouse like if that is going to manifest in my life it has to be the divine intervention of god setting it into place yeah. setting it into motion and so at this point i'm like okay god like you have that that role i'm gonna keep growing towards you and then you place this but i'm making it clear to god that like hey i'm gonna make this a part of my prayer if i get any of these desires i'm bringing it to you and i'm not going to result in you know pointless activity of like trying to scrape something together because when we try to do things apart from god we we don't really do that well yeah that's true that's it makes me think like um so we sometimes i feel like we we put something in front of god like there's a difference between i'm going and i'm being open to someone to, to like another relationship like i'm being yeah. open to a girl but there's also i'm gonna make finding a girl my idol Mm. And I'm going to actually put that above God and I'm going to try to find this girl, the one <laughs> on my own will. And you're just going to have a broken relationship mm. and it's going to lead to all these other things. And, and that's a big testimony in my life is trying to force things that aren't mm. there. It's trying to force 
idols in my life that are above God. And God's like, hey, 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 no, that's not what I have for you. And he never, he never gets, he never hates us for it. You know, mm. like he still loves us the entire way through, but it's like, hey, 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 you're not seeing the entire picture. Mm. You're just seeing right now. How could you ever see the entire picture? Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't handle the entire picture. That's why he doesn't show us. Mm. We couldn't. Like, why would you want to see it? You yeah. Know? It's like, the best one of the best aspects of life is discovering the mysteries that god has placed mm. it's like if we had nothing to discover then why are we even here well and that's exactly what i'm really wanting to cultivate with this podcast and and why i named it the way it the, named it the name it is is like i'm naturally a very curious person i always have been and i think that is in everybody yeah. and we're all created with this curiosity because i believe you know, with eternal life, discovery is never going to go away, that we're always going to be searching and, and discovering new things. And, and it, it, it comes down to, you know, uh, Josh's Instagram handle handle is at Josh Seeks, and he does a, a bunch of photography and stuff. And I think that kind of embodies that as well. It's like it, it's always this seeking of more of who God is until the day of the lord you know until yeah. he comes so you know exactly what you said it, it, it's great is is there should be that discovery we need that discovery as humans it, it wouldn't yeah. be fun if if there's if we knew what everything was going to happen that would be horrible yeah i mean if if we knew everything then what's the point point? And, and the josh seeks mm. thing is you you actually gave me that name one day and Cred, i was like Cred. <laughs> name cred. cred. I'm cred really for some reason I'm really good you were, at we? coming up at like names of stuff and titles. Like if you give me an idea, I'll be like, oh, this is what you should call it. I was so and we blown went through away. like we went through like five of them, and then it was like, oh, that's it. Yeah, and then we, and then it had it on Instagram, like no <laughs> no underscores or periods or anything. It just had Josh Seeks straight yeah. up. But the biggest thing for me in my photography and stuff is, I I my question was have we ever looked at the stars and not wondered what it was like up there? Mm. Have we not, never looked at the ocean and wonder what was below? Have we never looked at the mountains and said, wow, I think a problem is we don't anymore. Yeah. Like a, a large portion of society does not look up anymore. Mm. Like how often are like, I mean, I know there's a ton of people that love stargazing, but how often is the majority of our population going out on a, on an active basis and going and looking at the stars, looking at the moon, and just just dreaming of what what could be beyond, you know, where yeah. the heavens are. Like, how often do people do that? And it's, I think, one of two problems is, you know, our phones. And then another problem is just the abundant of, like, light sources that we have around. And it kind of, you know, blocks out the sky a little bit. But, you know, you're exactly right. Yeah, it's like, where did our curiosity go? Mm. That's that's the biggest question is, where did it go? We live in an age where everything is available at a split second. Mm. Like, we can look up any answer. Since since the creation of people being able to put down information, we can look it up mm. in a second on Google. Mm. And it takes no time. Like, um, our our grandpa, grandparents and stuff, they were like, you have to, we had to go to a book. We had to go to an encyclopedia and we had to look. Right. And, they, and then it's in that looking that they learned those things. We can instantly see them. So let, let me ask you this question. Do you think Instagram and YouTube being able to see these places to travel and these like, 
you know, really cool landscapes. Do you think that makes people want to travel more or do you think they're like okay with just looking at it through a screen? I think it's I think it depends on the person. The person okay. because some people some people see the posts on Instagram from people traveling the world, see mm. people posting these beautiful pictures and they're like, "Why can't I do that?" And mm. there's a there's like a coveting thing where they covet wanting to be that person, wanting to go out and travel and then they just sit there because they think they can never do it. They think they can mm. never go out and see the world. They think they can never go see these beautiful things and it's not true. You know, it's just not true. The enemy tries to implement into our brain that we can't do something that we can't go. And God says, I'm a God of freedom. Mm. I'm a God of, of curiosity. I'm a God that asks for you to come seek me. Mm. It says those who seek will find. Mm. So when we go to the father and we seek him, he gives us desires to seek out things in the world. Mm. And it's in that desire and it's in that seeking that we actually see the full picture God has set. Mm. And yeah. That's the coolest part. It's the poetry of God. Mm. Well, and, and, and what's so cool about you said, what you said is, is you added in scripture and what, what you seek, you will find, right? Yeah. And we need to take these scriptures as the truth. Mm. Like this is a fundamental principle, but because it doesn't happen on the timeline in which we want it to, we decide it's not true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, mm. oh, I seeked. Oh, how long? Two days. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I, I sought out God and I couldn't hear him. It's like, how long did you do? Uh, you know, I prayed for like three minutes and then it, you know, I didn't really hear anything. So I stopped. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, you, to discern God's voice. For, first off, you need um, to know his character. Yeah, that's good. And go to the scripture to find out his character. Like really dive into the Bible. Like the more you dive into it, the more you'll realize how amazing of a book it is how much life there is in there and how much like we cannot have a standard of truth without this and you you may be listening and thinking oh well there is standards of truth apart from the bible i'm just telling you read the bible every day for however long and you will see the fruit of your labor mm. you will see mm. your life shift in a positive manner over time yeah it, it's like a tree growing. It takes time. I think that was one of Chris Plesser's sermon one time. It was, it's like a tree yeah. growing. You don't see the individual growth necessarily on a daily basis, but in a few years and in, in five years and 10 years, you see what the daily growth has caused. Yeah, that's good. That's and, a, and, and even something like purpose, like seeking new discoveries, like going places even going places, seeking God, like, hey, God, how do I get to this place? Is this a will for my life? It's like, it takes, like, really seeking the Lord, hey, asking him on a daily basis, and, you know, and setting your sights on, on things of up above, on things in heaven, not things here. It says, sets your sights on the heavens, and, and you will, like, basically be rewarded for it yeah, and and it doesn't come in it's, it, it i think paul in galatians was talking about like hey just don't give up yeah just keep running the race yeah <laughs> yeah i think we give up too fast oh we, we yeah. don't get the result and just going back to like what you said with we have everything instantly and i know that's a common topic it's like oh what is social media what is this in 
you know, instant gratification nature doing to us. And I, I think really what it comes down to is like, hey, the only way we're going to really know how how to receive like fully how to receive full satisfaction from life is by discerning God's voice and then listening to him. You yeah. know what I mean? That's good. Yeah. Just a just a quick attribute of that to my yeah. testimony is I was a complete atheist two years ago. Didn't believe in God. Didn't think he was real. Bro, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Two years ago, complete atheist. Um, tried to commit suicide three times. Last time said, God, if you're real, um, then don't let me kill myself. Nothing mm. in the house was there anymore. Mm. And I didn't kill myself. Two weeks later, a girl met my friend who invited me to Antioch where I gave my life to Jesus. And I think there's a big difference when you say following God. Yeah. Then I'm going to go to church every Sunday. Mm. Like I'm just going to go to church on Sunday. And then on Sunday, I'm going to get my dose of God and then I'm going to grow. That's not true at all. If you water a plant mm. once a week, how is it going to grow? Mm. It's, it's the constant watering. And that's, and that's one thing that I did was I constantly went back and I messed up and failed so many times. There was times where I just didn't get the picture. There were times where I didn't um, see God in a season. Mm. There were times where I thought God wasn't real in the season again. And it's just right. going back. Like no matter what you're feeling, you can't base the, your faith on your feelings because your feelings will flee, but your faith has to stay steadfast in the word of God. Mm. And if your faith stays in the word of God and says, I don't care what happens to me, this is true. Then you're never going to, you're never going to part from the love of God. So for someone that was apart from God, the majority of your life and like even being in college and not really having this not having the Holy Spirit within you, this guide of all things spirituality. What was that shift like for you? <laughs> that shift, the shift for me was actually really funny um, because it's like, for me, it was like God had prepared the soil already. It was like God, God had set apart these things in my life that had happened that were hard. Mm. And that broke up the rocks in my heart. So that oh, when, wow. so that when the seed was planted, it was planted on good soil, but a, being apart from God was like, you were in just darkness. You were just in chaos all the time. And your mind is always going somewhere else. And mm. then I had to have certain things break me. I had to have those suicide attempts break me so that when God planted that seed, I was ready to take it. I was mm. ready to go. And, and I took it and ran with it. And I think God, that's God's desire. Like he doesn't want, he, it actually breaks his heart that that had to happen, mm. but we live in a broken world. Yeah. And if so that, what changed for you, um, a lot, well, I have a tweet. So <laughs> if you go back to my Twitter, the day or a couple of days before I gave my life to Jesus, it's, it's about me getting drunk hmm. and it's about me. And I like say like cuss words in it. And I'm like, talking about being drunk and, and like, these are my stages of drunkenness. And then the next day I gave my life to Jesus and started putting Bible verses out. And then the next week I started putting my testimony out and then it just never went backwards. I, I remember I would, the day before I gave my life to Jesus, I was cussing everyone out. I was, I was all being bad all the time. I remember I had one of my exes, there was a party and I went and got drunk, got high 
and then came back, cussed her out after I'd driven drunk and high, mm. came back, cussed her out, passed out. And then after Jesus, I never touched drugs again. Hmm. You know, I never, I never cussed. So why, why, why not? Like, why did, like, what, why didn't you? Because, like, because I owe God that much. Mm. Because I should have been dead. Hmm. I should have, I should have went to hell. Hmm. I should have been in the pit of fire and in the outer darkness with gnashing of teeth. I, I was saved from much. So therefore I give much back to God. Hmm. It's, it's not, it's not like I had everything. I had nothing. I should have been dead. I, I literally tried to die and hmm. God said no. So why would I say no to him when he asks me to stop cussing? Hmm. When he says, oh, stop drinking. I say, okay, God, because you saved me, I will follow you. Hmm. And he says that to the disciples all the time. He says, come, follow me. I will make you fishers so, of me. So did you have a new sense of conviction for the first time? Yeah, I did. And there was a lot. And you never had that before. No, I'd never. I, I knew it was wrong. Okay. I, I, you could, cause you know what's right and what's wrong. Right. Inherently. Like, yeah. Inherently, you know. You were created to know right and wrong. Yeah. Like, you know what's right and you know what's wrong, but you never think of the consequences of your wrong. Mm. And then you start following God and the Spirit of God starts living in you and you say, actually, this wrong leads to death. So you start feeling, seeing a consequence rise up. And not only for you, but all the people you're affecting. Yeah. It. And I mean, I didn't even start really looking outward at my, choices until later on in my walk with God and mm. my first my beginning walk with God it was about me it was oh. I am fo- I am following God I am doing this for me and then and you, God's okay with that like yeah he'll take what you give yeah because and he's gonna sculpt it and use it to turn you into the person you are today yeah because like, you're way different than when you first he's, started he's so patient and you're gonna be way different than you are 10 years from now it's true it's all about going back to what you're saying about the the tree it's Mm. I start as a sapling and you start as a seed is planted, turns into a sapling and you may not see a sapling grow to a tree or a sapling grow to a bush in a day. But when you see two years from now or two years before now, I was an atheist two years from now, I'm passionately following God. What does the next 10 years have? Mm. What is the next thing? So how did you emerge from those negative lifestyle choices, those negative habits or people that you associated with in that time period (laughs) well a lot of it i just stopped talking to them like there was people in my high school that i just stopped hanging out with Mm. i just stopped doing stuff i mean i'd already burned tons of bridges in my groups from high school but i just stopped and i was just because of brokenness and hurt like you hurt and yeah things like that i literally everything that was that was darkness that i had around me and surrounding me when I gave my life to Jesus, I said, I don't want this and threw it away. Mm. I said, I literally don't want these toxic friendships. I don't want these toxic relationships. I don't want this hookup culture. Yeah. I don't want it. It's yeah. not good. And so, so for me, I came to Jesus at three years old yeah. and I understood what it meant and I accepted it and I had an intimate relationship with God and was like really just intertwined with his will for you how did you know it was real Hmm. when you like how did you know it was real when you you came 
because I just knew it was real from the beginning because God was actively communicating with me, you know? Like, yeah. as a young kid, I was like, oh, Hearing this him. makes so yeah. much sense. This is like, wow, because he loves little kids, you know? How, you know, being apart from him for so long and then and then coming to this point where he just grabs you up and snatches you, like, how did you know that was the truth, the life, you know? Yeah. I think mine the way i started feel like actually believing that god is real wasn't with the bible necessarily mm. and the bible is is the most important thing that we have it is is where we base our faith off of but for me it wasn't the bible that made me have the choice to give my life to jesus it was it was a song actually it was reckless love and worship <laughs> And, and I bet you quite a few people listening to this will testify to that. Yeah, like reckless, <laughs> reckless love. love. And yeah. I was sitting there. Dude, that had a huge impact on me as well, man. Yeah, it was the first, it was actually the first worship song that I actually paid attention to. And I gave my life to Jesus at, during that song. It was the first time I ever went to church. And he, he talks about the, the one, you know, that he leaves the 99 mm. for the one, for the one sheep that ran away. And he doesn't just grab the sheep's legs and drag it back to the other sheep. He picks it up, puts it on his shoulders, and rejoices with the sheep. Huh. And then in the song, it says that there is no shadow I won't light up, no wall I won't break down coming after me. Like, there's nothing. Like, it's just that, that pursuit of love that I'd never heard of before. That there's, there was no one in my life that just loved me and just pushed and pushed and pushed love on me. And then I actually felt it. I, I felt... Like all of this depression, all of this suicidal thoughts and tendencies. And God said, mm. I am taking those. And I just felt my whole body get released from it. So and if you don't mind, I want to kind of get into something that has been a little difficult for you. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. Um, you, you were mentioning like going back for Christmas and how it was really difficult. Like how has that been for you having this strong faith and then maybe going back to a family that's not as united as some of the families that we see around the church? It's, it's a battle. It's, mm -hmm. I'm not even, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's hard. It's one of the hardest things I do. And I go back, I go back because my siblings need to hear. It's like a mission field. Mm -hmm. And we hear the pastor say that all the time. It's like a mission field. And it really is. It's, I've, I've been to Indonesia and I've been to Africa and I've been on mm. mission trips. This mission field is harder. Mm. And, it, th and this is one you're not going to see fruit from for a long yeah, time. Cause long it's going to, it's going to take life to hit them. It's going to take, you know, them, you know, becoming more okay and available for receiving wisdom from yeah. their sibling or their son, you know, yeah, and God even says, and Jesus says, he says, a prophet won't be honored in his own home. Mm. A prophet won't be honored with the people that knew him growing up. Like the people that saw death in me, that saw all the things that was wrong, they didn't think of anything when I came to light. They thought it was just a, oh, okay. Well, sometimes they, they, they don't believe it. Yeah, like they don't really see it. They're and like, oh, wait, when, when is he going to let this up? Like, yeah, like when, when is he, he going to come back to, you know, who he actually is? Kind yeah, of thing. And, and I had a lot of my friends make fun of me and stuff for it. But with my parents, it's, it was, I never saw any fruit. I, for the first year and a half, I never saw any fruit from it. And it was always just, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to love them. And I failed a bunch mm -hmm. of times. I, I didn't show love to them sometimes. Right. I didn't do the right thing. And I think that we have it's to, easy to fall into those old habits when you're around. Yeah. You know, and I think we have things. to remember that it's okay to fail. 
Yeah. That it's not, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not like you, you start following Jesus and then it's just victory, victory, victory. Yeah. No. It's, it's about finding your victory and your failure. And, that, and that's never what the Bible says. Yeah. It's all about victory. It, it does say that the final word is victory. Yeah. That the final thing that we receive and get, that is the victory of Jesus. That yeah. the return of Jesus will be the difference maker. That we aren't going through struggle in vain. That we're actually going towards something. Yeah. Which is the day of the Lord when everything will be set right again. And we can contribute to that. We are working with the Lord to lay the groundwork for that. Yeah, that's good. It's like if we if we didn't have those those failures, the sweet victory at the end wouldn't mm. just wouldn't be as sweet. It wouldn't be uh. this beautiful moment of of finally. Like finally, yeah. like it's done. Well, and, and something I was thinking about doing a whole podcast about, but it might just be included into this one is, man, we are so close. I can feel oh. it. I can feel it coming. It's the, I can feel, you know, it's what, right people, what people call apocalypse, but we call, you know, the biggest party of all time. Yeah. When Jesus. It's going to be freaky. It's going to be crazy. crazy. It's going to be insane. But, but I think we're close. I, you know, I, I see the the pendulums of 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 the people you know people getting reached and how we're so close to being able to have the bible in every single language and there's a very calculable number of people groups that are are left to to receive the gospel and for if people don't know this i'm I'm assuming that most of my listeners are christian but 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 the great commission says once everybody is reached that the, the Lord will return. Like once all mm. nations are reached with the gospels mm. and, and I see that happening, but I also see like this influx of technology in, in, in what, what some of these um, big time professors and scientists are calling black ball events where, where we're, we're taking a, a new technological innovation out of this bag. And, and there's a lot of white balls and gray balls. White balls is only, uh, great things that could happen. Yeah. And, and gray is like, okay, some negatives, but some positives. But we haven't yet pulled out a, a black ball, which is mass extinction because of something we invented. Yeah. Which, where we look at things like AI or nanotechnology or all of these crazy brain implanting technology like Neuralink that Elon Musk is trying to do and all of these scientists trying to become the savior. They want technology to be the savior. And it just feels like to me that they're manifesting some sort of crazy like thing that we would need to be saved from. Like yeah. that we need Jesus to return to destroy the beast. And it talks about that, you know, in Timothy and in different parts of the Bible about this beast coming and, and, and all like, well, there's a, you know, there's a bunch of scripture we could get into about that. And that's a whole nother podcast. But I just feel like it is so close. And it's like, okay, if it is, if it is as close as we think it is, if it's in 50 years, even if it's in a hundred years, it's like, there is a sense of urgency it's like, how can you just sit back and stay in your old ways when you tomorrow may like look at your God, your creator, the person that designed you in the face yeah. and you, you never spend any time with them? Like, 
Yeah. There's a lot of things going on, and I, I'm not here to freak anybody out or anything like that. But man, it's like so worth it. It is so worth it to pursue God. It is so worth it to accept Jesus into your heart. It is just so worth it, and it's like literally the only thing that is worth it. Yeah. There's like nothing else that will, like you were saying, you were always trying to look for something. There was, it was like your brain, your mind was all over, you know, you were trying to fill the void that was built for God yeah. because we weren't designed to be without God. We were designed to be united with God yeah. and without God, we feel empty because mm. our fuel is God. The, our life source is God. Yeah. The only reason we're alive is his active intervention in our lives. Yeah, that's good. Thank God that he intervenes. Yeah. Like, we need his intervention in our life. We need, we need that more than anything else. And, and I think we, we chalk it up to, to, oh, it was just fate. Oh, it was just luck. Oh, I just so happened to meet this person who knew this person mm-hmm. who, <laughs> yeah. who, who just so happened to come across seas so that this person could meet someone that follows Jesus so that the entire nation could be reached. It's like, what's more likely? Yeah, it's like what's more like there's a divine plan that that was set before and God actually intervened in this thing or it was just luck. Yeah, right. Luck is just a cop well, out because you don't want to believe in but, God. But you statistically you see too many of these synchronicities yeah. for it to like for you to rationally believe that it's just happenstance. Yeah. You know, it's like even if you look at the the science of it it's like hmm there's something going on here. And, and a lot of these new age people chalk it up to, oh, the universe. And they replace the word God with the universe and then all this stuff. But that's a whole nother. So when you were joining the church for the first time, like and before you uh, became a reborn Christian, what was your view of the church and Christianity in general? You want my real one? Yeah. Hypocrites, really. There's a lot of my, a lot of my view of Christianity. So is, the way that your family views you now, yeah. <laughs> but in, no, for real. In like, ways, yeah. <laughs> in a way, yeah, because they they think that you are incapable of change, mm. and that change isn't isn't as easy as just deciding one day. They like uh, it takes a process, and like Kanye, yeah. People are like, oh wait, he just left. You can't just change. You can't just stop doing that. You but you can change to me. Yeah, but you can. And you can with God. <laughs> you can with God. You, you can't, can't on without your own. God. Yeah, you're gonna always fall. And I think I think there's a big difference when you when you say like like there's a there you can be a good person and you can be someone who follows God. Yeah. You know, like I'm not saying every person that doesn't follow God is a bad person, but it's it's following God. God says that He is the way, the truth, and the light. Right. And to have this maintained for like no, to be completely whole, you have to be following God. Mm -hmm. And then you can be a good person, like morally good and not follow God, but you're still not complete until you start Mm -hmm. following God. Mm -hmm. And I think that the view of Christianity, if I look back at that time before I was a Christian, it was Christians look at everyone else and they point out everything that's wrong with everyone else, mm. but they don't look at us ourselves. And you can think of the, the crusaders. You can think of these, these Christian groups that were. Yeah, and I think the problem there is defining God yeah. and the ability to connect with him by what humans do. Yeah. Because even, even people in church, they, 
they're broken, you know? Yeah, we live in a broken world with yeah. broken people. We can't we can't base our view of God on a broken people. But you can see that the church as a whole has kept going, mm. you know? And that that stays with the steadfast of God. If if Christianity was as bad as they would say, then how would the church keep going? Mm. And it started with one and then went mm. to 12. Mm. Wow, I love that. Thanks for talking. We just got back to college station. Are you are you feeling hungry at all? I'm hungry. I'm feeling a little hungry. Let's uh let's get some food. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. We're going to grab some food. Um, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. See you later, guys.